Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. This is, in the, in the Christian calendar, we're in a season, what it's called Lent. And Lent is a time of reflection. It's a time of, of repentance, where you're preparing your heart for Easter. And, and we've been talking about repentance and different things. This week, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I just felt like this is the topic I was supposed to preach on this morning from brokenness to wholeness, from brokenness to wholeness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, one verse of scripture, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you that your word is alive and powerful. Thank you that your word can make a difference. Father, I don't stand here today with my words. I don't stand here, Father, in, in my own spirit, in just my own anointing. I stand here today in the power of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that, Father, if you don't anoint me, if you don't give me the words, then, Father, lives aren't going to be changed. But when you get in the middle of it and you begin to, Father, flow through me, I just know that, Lord, we can leave here transformed. That's what we want today. We want to see people made into everything you have called them to be. So, Father, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we just pray that you gather with us. May we feel your presence right here with us, among us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Turn around look at somebody and say, good to see you, and you may be seated. It doesn't take much to look around our world and see things are broken. You don't have to turn on the news. You don't have to do a whole lot just to know that we live in a broken world. We live in a society that is broken. We believe in what is called original sin, that we are born into sin, that whether or not you have to be a, you're a good person or a bad person, you're born into sin. That it's not just about this, you know, I, 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 get, I, I grow up and I'm, I'm nice, I'm good, I'm good to people. But we believe that because of Adam and Eve and because of their sin, that has been passed down to the rest of us and we're born into it. John Wesley says this about original sin. He says, it is the state of every natural man, whether he be a gross, scandalous transgressor or a more reputable and decent sinner. You see, the truth is we're both born into sin. Whether you're a reputable, decent sinner or you're more a, a grievous kind of sinner. The truth is we're all born into this. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken the law. We've all broken the rules. We're born into that. You don't believe me? When you leave here today, go to the nursery and just peek your head in the window. And I promise you, when you see one kid slap another kid upside the head, you didn't have to teach that kid anything at home. He was born with that. You understand? You're having to teach them the opposite, okay? Train up a child in the way it should go. It naturally knows how to go the other way. But the truth is we are born in brokenness. And, and, and sometimes we understand that. Sometimes we understand we come from broken places. Maybe you came today from a broken home, a broken situation. Maybe life ha has happened to you. But the truth is this, whether you came from a broken home or you came from a great home, a great upbringing, the truth is we all come to God and we are broken by sin. And then life happens. It's going to get better. Just stay with me. I'm not trying to depress you this morning. But the truth is life happens. And when life happens, we are broken. 
broken by life. We have traumatic things that happen to us. And we have things along the way that happen to our life. And we find ourselves many times in a place of brokenness. Now, by brokenness, I don't mean the idea you're broken before the Lord. Because we all need to be broken before the Lord. In the sense that we all need to come to a place where we come to him and we say, I, I'm, I can't do it myself, I'm broken before you. But I'm talking about the idea that whenever you know something in your life happens, it breaks you. When I was a kid, we had, and some of you probably grew up, maybe you had one of these in your house. We had this clock that was, it looked gold, but it was plastic. And it had a glass thing on top of it. Anybody remember seeing those? Okay, it was like a, a gold little clock, but it had a glass thing on top of it. And it was sitting up by our TV. And more than likely, somebody in our church probably gave it to us. And mom, you know, felt like she needed to put it up there in case they came by to visit. I don't know, because it, it wasn't necessarily the decor, but it's sitting up there, okay? And it's sitting on the TV, and I'm an only child. I get bored, you know, trying to play by myself, and I get bored. And I remember throwing a ball around the house. Now, mama wasn't in the room, because if, if she was in the room, I would have gotten in trouble. Not just because uh, our house was kind of small, and if you threw anything, I mean, you were going to probably hit something. And so I, I remember throwing a ball, and I was trying to hit the wall and bounce it back, and I, you know, and all this stuff, and all the things I saw said I couldn't do growing up now I sit at home with Benjamin and I'm like throw this against the wall as hard as you can no, I'm just kidding but but the truth is I'm doing this in the house and all of a sudden that that glass gets hit and it's like slow motion it begins to fall over and I mean I'm almost diving trying to catch it and it hits the ground and it doesn't shatter it cracks so I go quickly and get some tape you know like scotch tape that you're supposed to be able to see through and I stick it on there, try to kind of put it back together, put it up there, hoping nobody's going to notice. I mean, nobody likes this clock anyway, right? Like nobody's going to notice. And we're watching TV, and my mom said, what in the world happened? And I thought something on TV. I'm like, I don't know, you know, car chase, whatever. She's like, no, no, no. What happened to the glass? It was broken, and now it's messed up what happened. I had to confess. The truth is this. All of us, whether we know it or not or like it or not, we come from broken places, and we do things that or things happen to us, and we find ourselves in a place of brokenness. And what I love about God is God loves us enough to not leave us where we are at. He says, I have a better plan for you. I want something better for you out of this. Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. Everybody say complete. Make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Another paraphrase of the scripture I read to you earlier says this. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. In other words, God is trying to complete us. He wants every part of us put back together. God created you for a reason. God, Here's what God thought. Think about this. I was talking to some high school students. We have a thing called Reach every other week out here. And I got to speak to them last time. And I looked at those young people. And I, I said this to them. But I want to say the same thing to you today. That God looked at planet Earth and thought it needed one of you. Think about that. 
God created planet earth and he thought this earth needs this person at this time. Some of you, God created you and he looked at you and he said, I will never do that again. Just kidding. But the truth is God created you for a reason. He thought that you mattered enough to live on planet earth at this time. And he created you with a destiny and a purpose. And he said, I didn't just create you to come into this world and sit there and suck up air and pay taxes and die one day. But I created you with a destiny. I created you. But here's the thing. The enemy and brokenness and sin get in the way of God's destiny for us. They stop what God wants to do. And God said, I want to put you back together and make you what I created you to be from the beginning. I want to fix you. I want to come. And he did it through Jesus Christ. He did it through the cut, the blood of his son. He came and made a way so that we could be put back together and we could be whole. And the writer of Hebrews says, I, God wants to make you complete in every good work. And then Paul says, may your spirit, soul, and body be complete. Listen, we, we pray for people to be healed all the time. I believe in physical healing, but we miss it sometimes because we only limit it to physical things a lot of times. Let's pray for people to be healed. So let's pray for physical healing. But he didn't just say he wants your body to be complete. He said he wants your spirit and he wants your soul. In other words, God wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal all those hurts in your life. Things that have happened where people have hurt you. Things have happened and hurt you. Maybe churches hurt you. All these different things have happened to you. And you show up and you say, Lord, I've been hurt. I'm broken. What do I do? And God says, I have the answer. I want to make you whole. I want to make you complete. I want to put you back together. And when I put you back together, you're not going to be what you were before. You're going to be better than you ever thought was possible because I am making you whole. Amen? So God says, I want to, and the idea is sanctification. I want to sanctify you. I want to do that. Wholeness doesn't mean that the scars of our life aren't there. I had a, a girl, that I, a lady that I worked with who was in the hospital. She had cancer ended up passing away, and, and, and me and a friend of mine were going to go visit the hospital. And my friend had just lost his dad. His dad had died of a brain aneurysm instantly. And that, that man that died worked with this lady's husband. So we all knew each other. So we were going up there, see my co-worker, visitor of the hospital, Baptist Hospital, Oklahoma City. We get off the elevator, never forget, and standing there was my boss. His name was Dr. Ronald Carpenter. Dr. Carpenter was about five foot two short guy always wore a suit or dressed up so here's Dr. Carpenter standing there in his suit looking at us us guys and he looks at my friend and says how are you doing knowing he had lost his dad he says how are you doing I'll never forget this Dr. Carpenter showed him he said son you see this scar and he had a scar on his hand he said when I was a kid I was riding my bike and I fell off my bike and when I did something jabbed me and literally cut my hand open and he said all my life, I've had this scar from that accident. He said, I look down sometimes and see it, and I'm reminded of that, the accident. But he said, you know what? The pain went away a long time ago. He said, I don't have the pain, but I do have the thing that reminds me. And he said this to that young, that young man. He said, the pain will eventually begin to change. It'll, it'll change in your life. The pain will be different. But he said, you'll always remember what your dad was to you and what you went through. 
And here's what I say to you. Some of that scares you. Like, I don't want to remember, but here's the thing. I think in the church, we try to gloss over things, and we try to act like everybody's perfect and nobody has scars. We try, I said this Wednesday night, but we were wearing masks long before they mandated it. You understand that? Like, we're good about coming to church and trying to hide all these things. And I want you to know, this, if you think you have a perfect pastor, you miss it. You think me and my wife always get along, you missed it, okay? There are times that we, talk, we, we have a heated discussion. Let's, that's, you have to say things like that. No, just the truth. We fight sometimes, okay? I don't always have the best attitude. I don't always respond the way I'm supposed to. I don't always act like Jesus about things. There are times that I, I, I respond and I'm, I'm rude, and I realize I have to go back and say I'm sorry about that. And the truth is this. If you think you're coming to church with perfect people who've got it all figured out and we're all doing good and life's always grand, then you misunderstood. You went to the wrong church. You're supposed to go to another one right up the street. Because the truth is this. When you come in here, there is no perfect church. You know why? Because we're here. And the minute one of us shows up, it stops being a perfect church none of us are perfect people and the truth is this if we would be more honest about our scars and what we've been through and allow people to be able to open up we would see more healing take place in people's emotions and see more healing in people's minds but the reason people hide is because they're scared to death what if that person knows that me and my wife argue at times what if that person knows that I don't always respond the right way to my kids what if that person knows that I don't always invest with my money and sometimes I spend where I shouldn't and get myself in trouble what if that person knows all these things about me and the truth is this that if we could just be honest and open we could get it out and then we could help each other but we hide it but here is the thing God wants to make you complete he wants to heal you he wants to make you whole in every good work so that you can stand in wholeness and you can make a difference for somebody else who is broken by life amen amen so how are we made whole? Three ways. Number one, you just got to embrace your brokenness. Embrace your brokenness. By embrace your brokenness, I mean just admit that I'm broken. You can't be healed until you admit it and realize I'm broken. It's interesting to me, Jesus sees a man at the pool of Bethesda, and he's been there 38 years. 38 years. I'm 40 years old. Two more years more than I've been alive. That man, or two less years than I've been alive, that man sat there laying and waiting for the water to be stirred and when Jesus shows up he looks at him and wants to and, and, and asks the man a question and the man says well I can't get in the water and Jesus is trying to tell him you don't have to wait for the water to be stirred I am the water like I can make the difference I'm the one that can heal you you don't have to wait for the water to be stirred I'm here but Jesus asked him a question do you want to be made whole that's interesting he doesn't say do you want to be healed he doesn't say, do you want to walk again? He doesn't say, do you want your legs to work? He says, do you want to be made whole? That Jesus was saying to that man, I don't want to just heal your legs. I don't want to just help you to walk again. I want to make you whole. I want to put you back together. And you, you ask, what a crazy question. Why in the world would you ask it? I mean, Jesus, he's been laying here. But Jesus said, I'm not just trying to heal him. I want to make him whole. And until he realizes that his problem is not just that he can't walk his problem is he has deeper things going on that he can't get to wholeness but whenever you begin to realize and admit and embrace your brokenness and realize Lord I am broken life has broken me things have happened to me I just need you to put me back together in that moment of admitting it and embracing it God says now we can start the work I can't even start it until you begin to admit it and give me the chance to work. But if you will embrace your brokenness, God can work in that. Amen? 
number two, not only do you embrace your brokenness, number two, you give God access to every area of your life. How crazy would it be if you said, I want to remodel my kitchen, but you can't touch any of the old stuff. Come in and remodel my kitchen. I want everything new, but don't touch the old. The person remodeling your house will look at you and say, you're crazy. I can't put in new until I get rid of the old. What if you had an electrician come over, your electricity wasn't working right, and you told the electrician, could you help me? He, he begins to work around the house, and he, he says, yeah, can you show me into where your breaker box is at? And you're like, well, that room's locked over there, and you can't get into that room. We don't let anybody in that room. He'd say, well, I, I'll, I'll be glad to help, but until I get access to that room, I can't fix the problem. And the thing is this, we come in church and we sing, I surrender some. We do. That's what we sing to God. I surrender some. Well, God, work on me. And God says, okay, let's work on this. Well, not that room. Let's work on that later on. Let's work. And, and, and we try to pick and choose what we want God to do. And God says, if you want me to make you whole, you have to give me access to every part of your life. You have to give me access, even the things that are painful, until I work on the painful things. And I begin to pull those painful things up. I can't work on them. And I know it's not fun thinking about it and dealing with it. But if you'll let me, I want to bring those up for reason because I want to heal it I want to heal your broken heart I want to heal your broken life I want to heal the brokenness that life has happened to you so let me deal with it and it's in those moments we allow God to deal with us but God needs full access let me let you in on a secret God already knows about it you understand that there's nothing hidden from his sight he already knows. He knows what you've done. He knows what's happened. He knows what's been done to you. It's not like you have to try to hide it from God. He knows. He's been there with you this whole time. But it's, it's something about talking about it. You know what the Bible says? Confess your sins one to another. You know, the truth is this. I, I knew of a, of a singer one time. We actually had him here later on. But he was a very well-known singer. Won tons of awards. And he had committed adultery went to a group of people to confess this to them and to say, I need help. And in that group that he admitted it to, somebody went out and leaked it to the press. And it literally changed the trajectory for a while of the restoration that could have taken place if these people would have been quiet and helped him work through it. I'm not saying quiet is in the sense they were keeping it a secret and, and hiding it for him. What I'm saying is he went to them for them to help him be able to go to his wife and figure out how, what can we do and work through this. But the moment that instead of keeping it among themselves to pray and talk to him, they go out to the press and leak it. Then all of a sudden it changed everything. Him and his wife you know, splitting up and he has to go and I mean all this stuff. Restoration could have happened immediately. It, thankfully it did happen. But it could have happened a lot quicker if these people would have just worked on it with him. And the reason a lot of us are scared to death of confessing our faults one to another is because who in the world why do in the world do I want to tell somebody my problems they're going to go tell everybody they're going to gossip about it but if listen we are called to be the kind of people that can take other people's sins and not go spread them around town but instead we can take them and we can pray for them and be there with them and walk through it and there's something about saying it out loud there is something about confessing maybe it's just me I am a very extroverted person okay my friends used to always tell me that Justin doesn't believe it unless he says it first like he has to say it out loud it's not even thinking he has to say it out loud to believe it and, and the truth is this there are times when I preach my messages if Sarah's come to me and say well, who are you talking to and I'm like I'm just preaching out loud okay I'm preaching my message because when I hear it 
something happens. The Bible says this, that whenever we hear the word of God, there's something about hearing the word of God that changes things. And here's why the reason I'm telling you that. It's because there's times we need to confess out of our mouth. We can think it and not feel the same way. But if I confess to somebody, now I'm owning up to it. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, I open myself up. So number one, we realize that we have to embrace our brokenness. Number two, we give God access to every area of our life. And then number three, and it's interesting, I didn't didn't work with the worship team on any of the songs this morning, but that last song fits this. Number three, we worship. We worship. Here's the reason. Think about the woman with the alabaster box. Just tell you the story quickly. Here's a woman who doesn't have the best past. She has been known as a scandalous person. And she comes in to where Jesus is at, and he's there, and she takes this alabaster box of perfume. And you know what she does? She breaks it. She's broken before him. Here's a woman, and and listen, in that day and age, they didn't have a bank. This would have been her savings account. Everything she had was in this very thing. This is the thing that she would have held on to, and one day she could have sold it, made a lot of money, and lived off that. She took everything that she had, and she broke it before Jesus. She broke it before him, and then she began to weep, and she began to wipe his tears with her hair, and what she was saying is, Lord, I am broken before you. I'm giving you everything. You have access to my life. Lord, come, and I am worshiping. And then, guess what happens? The religious people get upset and say, why in the world did she waste all that money doing that? And Jesus said to them, too much is forgiven. Those, excuse me, those that are forgiven much, they love much. There's something about worshiping. When you realize all God's done for you, and you get into God's presence, there have been times in my life where I just felt broken. I didn't know what to do, and I had to turn on worship music, and I had to just get into God's presence. And in his presence, he was able to melt all those things off of me in his presence he was able to put me back together in his presence he was able to work on me in his presence is fullness of joy in his presence is everything you need and it is time that we worship worship is about presenting our hearts to God it's about presenting ourselves to God we give him everything Paul said it this way he said that we lay our, our bodies as a living sacrifice in other words we lay them on the altar And and, and another translation says this, which is our reasonable act of worship. Worship is us giving God everything. Maybe you didn't come from a background where people raised their hands, and we don't push that on anybody. The reason I lift my hands to the Lord is because I want him to know I'm surrendered. That he is my everything, and I have nothing before him. And in his presence, in that moment of me just worshiping him, God begins to work on my heart and on my life, and he begins to do things in me. Because here's the thing, we are really good at fooling ourselves and fooling other people, but you'll never fool God. We're good at fooling other people and even fooling ourselves and saying, I'm good in that area. I don't need to work on that. I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's great. Hallelujah. Everything's fine. And I want you to know today, every single one of us have things in our life. We have hurts. We have habits. We have things in our life that we need help working on. We need God to help us. But we have got to be broken before him and realize we are broken by the world. And we've got to get to the place where we say, God, work on me. God, put me back together that's what repentance is God created me a clean heart oh God and renew a right spirit within me Psalms 51 cast me not away from your presence and take not thine Holy Spirit from me restore unto me the joy of your salvation and teach me your ways it's David crying out saying I know I blew it I know I messed up I know I did this thing with Bathsheba that I shouldn't have done I know that I've ruined a lot of things but God please restore in me what I know you can do God created me a 
clean heart. And as you begin to do that, God says, I'll put you back together the way I created you to be from the beginning. The worship team join me. Let me tell you this this morning. As a pastor, I love preaching things that make you want to shout and get excited. I love preaching things that give you victory in the moment. Okay? I like that. I like preaching stuff that makes you want to clap. Last Sunday in the second service at the very end, and people just rose to their feet clapping. Listen, I love those kinds of times. But if all we have is that, then you know what? You're going to have this shallow Christianity where all you have is a good feeling, but when the feeling's gone, you're gone. And the truth is this. God wants you to put down roots deep. God wants to work on you. He loves you so much. There's a book Matt Cicada wrote years ago called The Jesus I Never Knew. It's 20-something years old. But the tagline has always stuck with me. He says, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way because he wants you to be just like Jesus. And the truth is this. Jesus loves you right where you're at today. He loves you right now. Whatever state you walked in here, he loves you in that place. But he says, I love you so much, I want something deep to happen. But you've got to give me access. You've got to let me. You've got to admit you need help. And you've got to let me do it. And the truth is this. We look at people that are worse than us, you know. And we look at them. And I mean, if, if, you, don't, if you don't want to clean your house, just sit down and watch hoarders. You feel better about your mess. You understand? There's always somebody you can compare yourself to. And as long as you look at them, well, I'm doing pretty good. Look at them. But what if today we looked at ourselves? See, here's the thing. Spirit, soul, and body. Every part of us, God wants to make us whole. I grew up with the kind of preaching. These, these preachers would come to town, and I'm not trying to be mean, but they were grossly overweight. They preached on every sin, but they never touched gluttony, I promise you. They weren't going to touch gluttony. They preached against everything else, but they were not going to talk about that. Because it's easy for us to point out everybody else's sins. And realize, I've got something that I'm missing the mark. I've got something I need to work on. And today, what I'm saying to you is this. God wants to take you from brokenness to wholeness. Every single one of us. And we all have things we're working through. Right now, it may be this. Later on, it may be something else. Because God doesn't show us everything at once. What I'm saying is this. Would you just give God access to your life to say, I, God, let you do what you want to do in me. I'll give you access. Whatever it is, bring it up. Maybe my attitude, maybe the way I respond to my spouse, maybe the way I treat my kids, maybe the way at work I'm an employee that is mean to my employee, my, or I'm, that is rude to my employer. Maybe I'm an employer that's rude to my employee. Maybe it's just the way that I'm living, things I'm looking at, whatever it is. God is saying to you today, give me full access. I want to make you whole. I want to heal you and make you complete in every good work. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.